Welcome to Healthy Habits, Happy Homes with the Guelph Family Health Study, where we share research and practical tips for applying it to your own family. Each week, we'll bring you evidence-based health information from experts. Our quick tips will help you create healthy habits for a happy home. Welcome to Healthy Habits, Happy Homes podcast. My name is Eli and I'm here with my co-host, Catherine. Hi, everyone. Today is all about activity and It's no secret that being active is good for our health and getting our heart rate going is important, but knowing that doesn't always make it easy. Yeah, that's right. And and families especially have busy lives and sometimes it becomes difficult for them to make physical activity a priority. So we hope to make that easier today by providing some helpful tips that families can start using today to get moving. So today we have Becky Bro with us as our special guest. Uh, Becky is a PhD student working on the Guelph Family Health Study, and she's really made it her passion um, to study how active kids are and how to improve their activity, as well as to encourage families to be active together. Welcome, Becky. Hi, everyone. So we'd really like to start off by talking about why physical activity is important and really just going over all the general benefits that it can have for us. Sure, yeah. So everyone knows that physical activity and maintaining exercise is important, but we don't always necessarily know why. Um, So physical activity is associated with many different benefits, including health growth and development, so really essential for those young children. Um, It's also known to prevent chronic diseases such as obesity, diabetes, hypertension, anything like that. It's also associated with a stronger heart, um, increases your bone density and your muscle development, so therefore it makes us a lot stronger. Um, It can also give us energy and uh, is known to decrease stress and increase your mental health. Hmm, super interesting. So on a previous podcast, we talked about routines, so it sounds like if we're active as a kid, we're more likely to be active later on. Exactly, yep. So a lot of the time, at the end of the day, I'm feeling really tired and I'm thinking, gosh, like I don't have enough energy to go to the gym, but I don't know if that's really the right thing to do because then the next day the same thing happens. So do you know why that sort of happens? Sure, yeah. So interestingly, it's actually been shown that if you don't exercise, you're not essentially tired enough to get a good sleep. So then you wake up feeling not refreshed and then you don't feel motivated to go to the gym. So you really need that good exercise to make you tired enough so that you get a good sleep. Better exercise, better sleep quality, better health, it sounds like. Exactly. So Becky, you know, I feel like I'm active all the time. I'm running around, I'm doing errands, but I've heard that there's different types of physical activity. So how do I know that I'm active enough or getting the right types of activity? Sure, yeah. So my research focuses on four different types of physical activity or movement behaviors in general. Um, And it's not so much that you have to make sure that you're doing a certain amounts in each one. It's just that you're having an adequate balance of all of these types of movements. Cool. So it's like with our diet, we're getting balance. Exactly. Same sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us what those four different types of activity are? Yeah. So the first one would be uh, sedentary behavior. So that's your sitting, lying down, essentially if you're watching a movie, anything like that. Um, Your second one would be light physical activity, so that's walking around your day-to-day errands, anything like that. Uh, The next one would be more moderate, so you're starting to increase your heart rate, but essentially you'd still be able to carry on a conversation. So if you think of a brisk walk or maybe some light strength training, and then your vigorous physical activity would be your really high intensity sprinting 
um, intense sports, that type of activity. So could I keep a conversation going if I was doing that vigorous activity or I should be working hard enough that it's too hard to breathe? Exactly. It should be pretty hard, but uh, I tend to lump those together as moderate to vigorous physical activity because at that higher intensity, it's just uh, your heart is pumping fast. So it's good either way, whether you're, you can have a conversation or not. <laughs> okay. You're doing research in children in the Guelph Family Health Study. So with respect to these four types of physical activity, how are they doing? Yeah, so uh, the children that I look at are between 1.5 and 5 years old within the Guelph Family Health Study. And the Canadian Society for Exercise Physiology has actually just released separate guidelines for the younger uh, children in this group. So toddlers from 1 to 3 years old and then from preschoolers from 3 to 5 years old. Okay. So the idea is that as you grow more, you should be able to move more, therefore do more exercise. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for all of these kids, the recommendation is that they get at least 180 minutes of any type of physical activity a day. So that includes the light, moderate, or vigorous physical activity mentioned earlier. And then as they move into that preschooler age, so the three to five, they should get at least 60 minutes of moderate to vigorous physical okay, activity. Okay. So that's their hearts really pounding. They're, they're mm-hmm. really moving the higher down. intensity. Okay. Yeah. And this is uh, an interesting trend that we think that when, when children are getting older that they should be able to do more physical activity, but is that actually what we're seeing? No, so it's actually interesting that uh, 90, about 98% of toddlers are meeting the guidelines. And this uh, is in Canada? Or? This is, yeah, oh, okay. this is for Canadian children. So a lot, most of the pr- toddlers are meeting the recommendations. As we move into the preschool age, it drops to around 60, 65% are meeting those guidelines. And then when we look at the school age kids, so the 6 to 12, only 8% are actually meeting the physical activity guidelines. Yeah, huh. so when I think about that trend, what really comes to mind is the prevalence of, of screens these days and, and how kids are just being really still a lot while they're playing with those screens or either watching TV, playing video games. And so how do we relate the levels of physical activity kids are getting these days with how much screen time they're getting or sedentary behavior? Exactly. Great question. So not only is it important to look at how active these kids are being and look at their physical activity levels, it's also important that we look at how sedentary they're being. Mm. So how much time they are spending sitting down and using those screen times. And this term has now been used as recreational sedentary time. Because you have to admit that these kids, when they're in school, they're going to be forced to sit down for a certain amount of time. That's just how classrooms or are Or even designed. nap times, right? Like there's certain right. times exactly. when kids have yeah. to be Yeah, you can't expect still? them yeah. to move all day, every day. But, yeah. um, so the recreational screen time is really what we're trying to limit in these kids, okay. which is hard because of the access to technology these days. And so what are the recommendations around sedentary time? Yeah, so for the really young kids, it's no. So um, infants and toddlers should not be looking at screens. It's not good for them whatsoever. Okay. Um, as the preschooler, as they move into preschool age, uh, so three to five, they should be getting uh, a less than an hour of, of screen time a day. Um, and then they should be restrained for less than an hour at a time. So it's not so much that they can't have sedentary time. It's mm-hmm. just the sedentary time shouldn't be long. Okay. Okay. So, um, kind of building within your day then, you know, if, if you're watching an hour movie or something, making sure that you're getting up, getting the whole family moving. Um, and so it's not extended periods of time that that we're sitting. Exactly. So it's, it's more of breaking up your day. So it's okay to sit as long as you get up and move around for a little bit and then you can come back and do a more restful activity. Okay. Super interesting. Great. So we we're thinking about physical activity, uh, in children but what you know often happens is we, we sort of model a lot of the things that we do from our parents. And so the benefit of studying families is that 
we can perhaps see how physical activity will be good for a family altogether. So could you tell us more about that and how um, physical activity together as a family is maybe more beneficial? Sure, exactly. So um, if we think of a family, you can think of kids trying to copy their parents. And the mm -hmm. same thing happens with activity. So if kids see their parents being active, they're more likely to be active. And then it becomes easier for the family to include um, family time as well as being active instead of trying to separate those two things and trying to fit all of this into our busy schedule. You can be spending time with your family as well as get your exercise in if you do it together. It's a great way to bond as a family and it's, it's, it's fun. Exactly. It's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us uh, a little bit about some programs in Guelph that families might be able to um, get involved with to be active as a family if that's a goal and something that they're interested in? Sure, yeah. So I actually work at the YMCA of Guelph um, and we offer many different family programs. So for example, we run Healthy Kids Day every year, which uh, increases the awareness within the community of all different activities that are going around all year long and all different types of community events and things like that. We also have fun programs such as Family Zumba or Family Swim. Oh my gosh, that sounds like so much fun. It's actually adorable, yeah. <laughs> and so if someone's looking um, to find out more about the Y programs, where can they go for that? Yeah, so the website would be the best place to look at for all of that. Um, we definitely have a kids and family section. So under that, you could find all the different programs we offer. Mm -hmm. Becky, can you provide us with some practical tips on sort of everyday ways to be active together as a family? Sure, yeah, of course. My first tip would be to try and increase the amount of walking that you do as a family. So whether that means spending half an hour bundling your kids up to handle the great white north weather. Here. I feel like even the bundling is <laughs> activity in itself. By the time you get yeah. them in your snowsuits, you're like sweating to death. Exactly. And then if you walk the 15 minutes to school, and then if you pick your kids up and walk them home, there's half an hour of physical activity right there. Right? So things like that, um, walking to do some errands, hit the farmer's market on Saturday, go get ice cream in this weather as long as you're, or park a little farther. I mean, if walking isn't realistic, at least you could park at the back of the parking lot. Just little things that could slowly increase the amount of activity you're getting each day. Yeah, I actually live in an apartment building and, um, you know, the grocery store's close and everything's close. So I found that I've started to take the stairs when I'm not carrying heavy things just to try and add, I live on the 19th floor. So by the time I get up there, I am out of breath, um, which maybe means I need to do it more often. But yeah, it sounds like just sort of building little things in your day. Exactly. And then you can make it fun as a family. You can make climbing those stairs a race or uh, you can make it a tag game or run run and stop or do different act activities in between, things like that. Okay, so make it games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so like walking seems to be a really sort of realistic activity that people can really get on board with. And I think that's maybe why a trend has been sort of increasing lately of people getting these Fitbits and wanting to get a certain amount of steps in their day. I think the really the, the most common number that I've heard is 10,000 steps. So Becky, like, is there any truth as to the, uh, the benefits of getting 10,000 steps per day? Exactly. So a uh, great question. A lot of people focus around this kid. I need to get my steps today. Um, and I don't think it's bad. I mean, having a goal is good, but I don't necessarily mean that I don't necessarily think that if you hit that 10,000 steps, it means that you're a super healthy person. If you think about it, if I spend 12 hours of my day sitting and then I go for a run to get those 10,000 steps and then I come back to sitting, that's not necessarily a healthy lifestyle. Huh. So it's just kind of like our diets. Like if I only eat fruits and vegetables one day and then the next day all I eat is, you know, more processed foods and I'm yeah. eating out, that doesn't necessarily, I'm, I'm eating well, right? Exactly. Huh. So if I spend one day on the couch all day watching movies and the next day walking around, it doesn't necessarily make me have a healthy, active life. So it's all about balance. Yes. 
So this must make your job really interesting in terms of your research because um, I wonder if you can actually tell if some people are are getting, you know, uh, 10,000 steps in and then sitting down all day or actually spreading that out throughout the day more. Yeah. Great question. So my research focuses on tracking the different uh, movements of the kids in the study. And with the increased um, technology in Fitbits or Apple Watches, we've now been able to send the kids home with a tiny little device around their waist and be able to track their movement for several days at a time for 24 hours a day. But the issue is that if you think about Fitbits, they're designed to be worn by people who sit, stand, or walk, like common postures throughout their day. Okay. That's why they're well-developed for um, for school-aged or adults, that population. But if you think of these preschool-aged kids, they're spending their time rolling around, crawling <laughs> or falling, trying Activity to pick up something. Activity that's maybe harder to quantify. Yeah. Exactly. So that's that's the challenge right now is we don't necessarily know how to track this. Is a kid rolling? Is that light physical activity? Is it moderate to vigorous physical activity? We don't we don't know yet. Okay. So um, your kind of your research sounds like you're kind of developing ways to figure out those movements of the of our littlest of our littlest children. Exactly. So many researchers have looked into school-age kids and adults so we know how they move because, like I said, they're doing standard things every day, right? They're walking, they're lying, they're sitting. But these preschool-age kids are are a new interest in the research field, so we're just starting to look into it, and it's been proving to be a little more difficult than Yeah, so besides being able to tell what type of physical activity they're doing, are there any other challenges that you're encountering when you're trying to measure physical activity? Sure, you can imagine. So um, working with young kids, trying to put something on them and ensure that they wear it for seven days can be a challenge for our parents. Um, But we work with them and we try and get these belts to be uh, the most comfortable and just make it fun. We have a little chart that the kids get to put a sticker on if they wear it for the whole day, make it more goal-oriented. Cool. So it sounds like there's challenges for kids, but as an adult, if I want to measure my activity, um, can you suggest some things that I might be able to track my own progress with or my own successes? Sure, yeah. So you can definitely use uh, any type of Fitbit or Apple Watch. There's many apps on your phone um, that you can use. The only thing with that, it means that you have to carry your phone all the time with you. Mm -hmm. And it's not that these things are 100% accurate, but it will give you a general overview of how you're spending your day, which could be a little bit eye-opening. If you look at your day and you say, oh, no, I spent eight hours sitting today. I should be trying to break that up a little more. Because mm-hmm. I know on my phone I can see the times that I was not moving as much and then the times I was more active. So I know before you were talking about kind of that balance throughout the day. So even if I'm not aiming for, or maybe, maybe I should aim for 10,000 steps, but let's say I don't get the 10,000 steps. Oops. Um, at least I'm looking for sort of an, an up and down trend where there's not super long periods of sitting it sounds like exactly you want to see some ups and downs and however you're tracking your physical activity as long as you don't see a straight flat line and then a bunch of activity with another straight flat line the best thing would be to have lines and spikes or spikes and lines so there's a lot of people spend their time at work kind of sitting at a desk so uh, do you have any sort of practical tips for adults when they're um, sort of on the job and have been sitting for a while sure yeah so Little things you can do is make sure you're getting up and going to get water. That can increase your water consumption right Mm -hmm. there. So that's another goal that um, can be reached. And just going for the walk to the water fountain and back and maybe taking the the longer way. Same with going to the bathroom. I know some of our researchers have gotten smaller water bottles, so they have to fill it up more. (laughs) (laughs) So just more trips. Maybe maybe take the stairs like Catherine. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, take the stairs, park again at the farthest parking spot you can to walk into work. 
again, just little days. Or I know a lot of people go for walks at lunch, um, go for a coffee break, make sure you're actually walking instead of just going to the office coffee pot and grabbing a coffee there. And I guess even when you get home with the kids in the evening, uh, going for a walk after dinner for a little extra family time, kind of trying to build that in so that it's not that, you know, um, we get home from work, we eat dinner, and then we're kind of, once the kids are in bed, it's it's sedentary, sedentary, like at exactly. least in our evenings, we've got some activity as well. Yeah. yeah. And exactly. I think parents would really like to hear this because, you know, sometimes we hear that, you know, if kids aren't in sports, then they're not going to be fit. But what we're sort of learning about now is that there are other ways that kids can, can be physically active uh, in order to be healthy. And I guess they don't have to be in uh, a million physical activity yeah. Yeah, and a, mi- a million different activities all the time. Yeah. It sounds like we just don't have to complicate it. Like getting out, walking, getting our heartbeat up is sounds like sort of the goal we should be aiming for. Exactly. Yeah. Your kid doesn't need to be a hockey star or a soccer star to be physically active. There's many different ways to incorporate it within your family life. And it's a lot less complicated than we think it is if we step back and think of all the ways that we can increase our activity and all the places that we could maybe walk to or the little games that we can play around the house that don't involve the iPad. Uh, Things like, I don't know, Twister or playing hide and seek within the house or outside. Things that are literally just getting as many steps as you can. Great. Thank you so much for those practical tips, Becky. I think that that was super helpful and has definitely given me something to think about in terms of my overall day and my, what could we call it, like activity balance? Like I'm definitely not balanced at this point. And I think probably a lot of our listeners, you can probably relate to that too. So I think that's a huge take home message for me. I don't know about you, Eli. Yeah, no, for sure. I agree. And just want to thank Becky again for being with us today and uh, helping us understand the importance of physical activity and giving us those practical tips. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure. To learn more about how families in Guelph can get active, we're joined by Maris Keeler, who's the Youth Program Director at the Climbing Gym Guelph Grotto, to talk about fun and exciting ways to get active as a family. Hey there. Thanks so much for joining us, Maris. Before we get started in learning more about the programs that the Guelph Grotto has, can you tell us a little bit about the benefits of climbing and why families um, should try this as an activity together? Yeah, definitely. So I think there are a lot of different benefits to climbing for families and for really people of a lot of different ages. Um, A lot of them are physical, but there are also mental benefits as well. So physical benefits are perhaps a little more obvious. Um, just improving strength, a lot of upper body strength, but also like general body strength. So like your legs, your back are also working very hard too. Full body. Full body workout, definitely. Um, And then there are also mental benefits in my opinion. It definitely builds confidence. Um, You feel really competent, you feel strong, and you feel good about yourself as you're like working through climbs. And the people at the Guelph Grotto, like the staff and also just the climbers there are very friendly and supportive. So it's also a nice place to kind of be starting out because people will give you tips and, and will like cheer you on and encourage you. And at times it can be very challenging, but it feels good when you have been struggling and you're noticing improvement in yourself. And yeah, you just feel like you are getting better and better and feeling more confident and strong in general. That's awesome. So now that we've learned about all those benefits, can you tell the families about some of the programs that are available at the Guelph Grotto? Of course I can. Um, So for families and younger kids, we definitely have a few different program options available. So one of my favorites is our Saturday morning program, which is called Rise and Shine and Climb. And that one is a little bit newer. It's been around for about two years. 
and it takes place every Saturday morning, 8.30 to 10, before the gym is actually open to the public. So it's a good relaxed time to come in, and it really caters to parents and their kids, younger kids, older kids, it doesn't really matter, any age can come in, and we'll provide them with harnesses, shoes, any of the gear they need, and there are a few instructors in the gym with them at that time, so if the family wants to come in and kind of climb on their own, do their own thing, they can. But if they would like help with climbs or want tips, there are instructors around for that as well. So you can kind of pick and choose what you'd like to do at that time. So it sounds perfect for beginners then. Yeah, I often recommend it to people who are new to climbing or who want to get their kids into it or their whole family into it. So that's a very good time for that. Um, and in terms of more structured programs, we also offer kids programs throughout the week. So we have programs for different age groups, but for our younger age group, it would be the five to seven year olds. And that program is called Hang Dogs. It runs Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday evenings. And for the kids at that age, the goal is really just to get them moving and get them used to climbing and like being on the wall. So they'll have a small group of kids with two instructors who are there to help them with their climbs. Um, they'll go through some like basic climbing tips as well and different games. And yeah, that's just a very good introduction to climbing for kids. And parents can also climb at the same time as their child's class for only $5 if they want to get into it as well or get to do it with their child. Mm -hmm. That's amazing because usually when kids are in activities, there's not a lot for parents to do other than sit in the stands. So it's yeah. really a way to be active while your kids are being active. Yeah, we actually just introduced that because of that reason. We saw a lot of parents kind of hanging out at the front of the gym. Um, and just doing work, but yeah. yeah, that way they can get to participate as well and they don't have to just sit there and watch. So we're very excited to be holding a contest to give away passes for two families to enjoy the many benefits of climbing at the Guelph Grotto Gym. Um, so Maris, can you tell us a little bit about the contest? Sure. So on your Facebook page, um, it sounds like people will be able to post photos of their family being active. And then two families will be awarded the prizes, or the prize, which will be a certificate to the Guelph Grotto, and it will cover day passes for the family, as well as the gear they need, the harnesses, shoes, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So if this sounds like something that you'd be interested in, head on over to our Facebook page, uh, Guelph Family Health Study. If you're not already following us, definitely give us a follow, um, and you'll see more details for the contest there, but all you have to do is post a photo of your family being active together and tell us um, why you enjoy doing that activity. And we will randomly choose two families from all of the families that submit pictures. So go ahead and good luck. Thanks again for being with us, Maris. Yeah, thank you for having me. Awesome. Take care. It's one thing hearing from the experts, but let's hear what the kids from the Guelph Family Health Study had to say. So, Oscar, can you tell me what things your family does to keep you healthy? Um, they get me to try to eat fruits and vegetables and try to get a wide range of food groups. And they also try to get me to have an hour of physical activity every day. And so what uh, things do you do to be active? Um, at school, I played soc I play soccer for the two breaks I have. Um, I ride my, bo my bike to and from school. Wow. Mm, go to the park. Yeah, what else do you guys do? Play soccer. Play soccer together. 
Okay, and how do you guys get to the park? Do you guys, do you drive there? Do you walk there? We walk. You walk together, that's good. Off today's podcast, we've got our top tips as per usual on how to be active as a family and to incorporate the lessons we learned today. So our first tip is to split it up throughout the day. Becky really talked about balance um, in our activity. So for kids aiming for 100 minutes, and 80 minutes of activity throughout the day, but knowing that it doesn't have to be 180 minutes all at once. So, you know, parking the car a little bit farther away from the store and walking everybody in to, to get the groceries, um, taking a walk after dinner, and then playing some fun games throughout the day. Um, all, it all counts, it all adds up. Yeah, and our second helpful tip was involve the whole family and make it fun. So if the kids are seeing that the parents are being physically active and everyone's doing it together, it's that much more likely to become a, a habit that lasts maybe a lifetime. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun and it's bonding time. And our third tip is aim to sit less. So Becky told us that for kids, um, the sedentary recommendations are to sit no longer than one hour at a time. And so I guess that really means we need to, to get up, we need to stretch, and if, if we're spending times in front of time in front of screens, uh, make sure it's no longer than an hour and that we're, we're up and moving after that. Yeah, so make sure you visit our Facebook page where we're going to be posting more helpful tips about physical activity. And so uh, it's called the Guelph Family Health Study. And that's where you'll also submit your family photos of how you're being physically active to enter yourself to the contest to win the family day passes at the Guelph Grotto Climbing Gym. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Healthy Habits, Happy Homes. We can't wait to have you tune in with us next week. But in the meantime, if you'd like to connect, you can visit our website, www.guelphfamilyhealthstudy.com or visit us on Facebook at Guelph Family Health Study. Thanks and have a great week.